Hello, Jesus Time family, and welcome back to Jesus Time. I'm your host, Gisela Lou, and we're going to do what we do every week. <laughs> we're going to talk about what Jesus tells us in our times with Him. And today is kind of a special day. Actually, not kind of. It is a special day, and I am so excited to get to share that with you because today, July 4th, 2022, I am 30 years old in the Lord. <laughs> and, and for those who are listening who may not be up on their Christianese, what that means is 30 years ago, God came into my life. God showed me who he was. And I was like, oh my, I need Jesus. And I made that decision. I made that decision. And my life has not been the same at all. And I thought it would be so exciting to share, to share about that moment and that story 30 years ago and what that looked like and why it's a big deal. And maybe that'll have you remember your own uh, come to Jesus story, your salvation story. And if you haven't had a story like that, maybe this is something for you to consider. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. So 30 years ago, I was in Miami. Love, love, love that city. It's so fun. Yes, it's insane, but it's also so much fun. And I had a great mom and grandma and cousins and really fun friends and environment. But as you know from my previous podcast, especially the Daddy Issues Redeemed one, my dad was absent. And that's all I'll say about that right now. Um, if you want to know more, I'm, I'm, you, you're free to ask me. I'm happy to share. But the point is that there were a lot of things on the inside that people did not see because my outside looked really good. I was excelling in school. I had lots of goals. I was popular. I was fun. And nobody knew. Nobody knew the, the inside struggle. So one day I'm walking with my friends. This was after I had already gone to college and I came back for the summer. So after my freshman year of college, I was home for the summer and I was walking with my friends and my boyfriend and I was being super cool and super into my own life and into my own things. And this group of people approached us and they asked us this really interesting question. They asked all of us, hey guys, if you died today, do you know if you'd go to heaven? And I said, yes. And in my Miami attitude, I said, you know, because Jesus didn't die for his health, okay? So I was so obnoxious and arrogant about that because I grew up Catholic and I knew the story, you guys. I knew the story. And if you live in America, it's really hard not to know the story. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Three days later, he rose again. And if you know that information, you're fine. But I wasn't fine. So they shared with the rest of my friends because I was kind of obnoxious and I think they were done with me. And so they invited us to their church. And I thought, oh, you know what? Good people go to church and I'm a good person. Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. And we were all about new experiences. And since we'd all grown up in this Catholic church, we were really open to going to this. I think it was a Pentecostal church. I'm not even sure, but it was something different. So we're like, yeah, let's go. Let's check it out. 
So that Sunday, we all go to the church and the pastor shares the gospel. And I had heard it before, but this time he said something different. He said, now you know God has no obligation to call you again. And that kind of freaked me out. I did not know that I had to make a decision. Knowing information was not enough. You had to do something with that information. You had to make a decision. And so I kind of, I kind of was stuck in that freaking out for about a week. So I left the church and I, I pondered his statement for an entire week. I would stay up, not being able to sleep, tossing and turning. God has no obligation to call you again. It was kind of a, this is it moment. What are you going to do about it, Gisela? <clears throat> and I, and I didn't know. I didn't know because I don't think I fully understood what decision I had to make. So I went back the next week. And at the end of the sermon, he asked again, now, you know, God has no obligation to call you again. What are you going to do about it? What decision are you going to make? And in that moment, it was a moment, but it felt like, like a forever moment. The moments in a movie that time stops for everyone else, but you are left thinking through the depths of forever and eternity in your own mind. And it, in, it was in that moment that I saw probably for the first time two things at the same time. I saw the extreme and ultimate holiness of God. I saw his power. I saw his ability and 100% right to destroy everything stained by sin and unholy. And then I, at the same time, saw that, oh, I was one of those stained and unholy things. Even though I was quote unquote good by the standard of anyone you would speak to in my life before the God of holiness, I was absolutely not. And at the moment I couldn't put words to it. And if I try to now the words fall short because I was I fell short of his perfection. And it, even as I say that, I know, I know, and you might be thinking, well, everybody falls short of perfection. That's kind of a ridiculous thing to say. But y'all, when you are face to face with a God that is that holy and powerful and perfect, and you know that you are not because of the thoughts that you have thought, the actions that you have done, it, it really freaks you out. Because you can't hide who you are in front of an all-knowing God. And that's, the, that's where I was. And I was like, oh no, I am sunk. I am ruined. I am done for. And then I remembered, oh, Jesus. Jesus. All the unholiness or sin or stains or brokenness, whatever that I had, that I knew that I was sunk for, Jesus was there 
to take that all away. Jesus is not just a spiritual band-aid. He is the great physician that cuts the sin cancer out of your life. He was there and he was waiting for me to say, oh, now I get it. Yes, I want Jesus. I need Jesus. So I did. I did because I think I finally got it in that moment. Oh, yes, Jesus, I need you and I want you. Guys, and that was it. And I wept. I wept like a baby because I was so relieved. I was so relieved. I was so thankful. This God that was inaccessible to me and I knew was powerful, but from far away and I better behave because he was going to smite me was now my father and not father in the way I had experienced but a father in the way that was sweet and loving and intimate and kind and good and that was that (laughs) and that was that and I was so excited because I was I was in. I had this access. I had this relationship. And I was forgiven. I was forgiven and I was free. And all the inside hurt and struggle and hard things were not completely done. That was a process. And I'm still in process, guys. But but I was on the uh, right side of the line so that I could start that healing and that growth and that sweet relationship. And, and then one day I read Isaiah 6, chapter 6. So it's so cool because, guys, we have the same God, but all of our experiences are kind of different, and that's okay. But there, but there is a sameness in that kind of come-to-Jesus moment. And I think it's so cool because in the Old Testament, Isaiah had that moment. He was a prophet in the Old Testament, and God kind of kind of tapped him to do his work. Um, And I just want to read to you from Isaiah 6. We will start in verse 1. And this is Isaiah speaking. He said, It was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations. And the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, It's all over. I'm doomed. For I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips and live among a people with filthy lips. Yet, I have seen the King, the Lord of Heaven's armies. You guys, can you believe that? That my very same experience was experienced by this guy thousands of years ago? That's crazy. That was so crazy. Because we all have to come face to face with this amazing and majestic God who is so holy that we cannot stand in front of because we are not holy. Verse six. 
Then one of the seraphim flew to me with the burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Wow. <laughs> you guys, only God can take away the guilt that we are guilty of. Only God can clean us. There is no earning it. There is only receiving it. And God's the one who does it. God's the one who does it. And the people in the Old Testament were looking to the future for Jesus, for the Messiah. And we can look back at the Messiah, at the cross. So guys, I, I, I hope that you are so excited to know that the relationship that your soul craves with the God of the universe is accessible through Jesus. I hope that you can remember and celebrate your coming to Jesus moment and remember the relief that you felt, the, the joy, the excitement, the, the, the wonder that you felt. Uh, and if you haven't felt that in a long time, just think about what life would be like without him for a minute. And if you haven't had that, if you haven't had that moment of being face to face with a holy God and thinking, oh no, I'm sunk. I invite you to get there and to come to God and allow him to expose you so that he can cleanse you. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. And so today on July 4th, I celebrate my Independence Day and the fireworks tonight will be a reminder of that joy and that freedom from the penalty of sin, the power of sin, the the burden of sin. <laughs> I hope you guys can rejoice with me. I hope you guys can rejoice in who God is and what he's done. I love y'all so much. God bless.